All right, uh, hello, and uh, welcome to everybody out there. Uh, this is Amateur Radio Roundtable. I'm Tom Medlin, W5KUB, and you're watching a show about ham radio, amateur radio. <clears throat> if you're out there listening on uh, WBCQ on International Shortwave on 7490, would love to hear from you. Uh, send us an email to Tom at W5KUB.com. You can join our show uh, by just going on Tuesday, any Tuesday night at 8 o'clock Central. You can join our show by going to W5KUB.com. like to uh, ask a favor of everyone out there. If you will, hit the subscribe button. If you haven't hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel, please hit that subscribe button. Uh, it really helps us out a whole lot there. And uh, it helps us to uh, advertise our show, and uh, YouTube then will uh, uh, promote the show and show it to other people that are looking for other topics similar to, uh, you know, ham radio. Katie was going to be with us tonight, but uh, Dwayne, Dwayne always messes things up. Dwayne is out of town. He's flying in, so Katie has a long drive tonight to go to the airport to pick Dwayne up. Now, I don't know if she'll pop in a little later during the show. She may. I, I don't know. But that's where Katie is tonight. She's uh, heading to the airport. Um, let's, uh, let's go around the room here and see who we have. Uh, looks like the first person popping up here is going to be Glenn. Glenn, how you doing, man? Oh, hanging in there, Tom. Like I say, I keep saying it every week, and I keep getting a little bit closer. Um they starting to work on cleaning off the workbenches, and the problem is for every one thing I move off, five more get put on. And uh, the good news is those five things are new projects. The bad news is that's the only place I can put them, so it's <laughs> well, it's out in the stuff. I tell you, uh, I I can't do one project without the place getting pretty messy. I don't know how you do five. Well, that's why I have a huge workspace over there yeah i've got what is it 24 linear feet of workbench you know three feet deep and shelves and everything 700 parts in those parts bins so well you got enough here to keep you busy i'm, I'm I sure do, and yeah. you know ups fedex amazon you know they deliver every day and they're just like what are you building <laughs> All right. I get a lot of stuff, too. You know, I, I, I order, uh, I, I, I'm always ordering little gizmos or parts or something like that. And every day they're in the mailbox, so they get delivered. And uh, I have no idea what I'm getting that day. It's kind of like Christmas every every day, you know. Something gets delivered. I have to open it up to see what's in there. So that, that's see, that's I fun. Have, you know? I have a list of the things I want <clears throat> to buy. <clears throat> All right. And Right near the top of the list, and I'm slowly working down, is a uh, a speech recognition and voice synthesizer shield for the Arduino. Well, that'd be cool. So we're going to start tinkering with some voice recognition projects. Well, that'd be cool. Think you can recognize my voice? Not as gravelly as it is tonight. Yeah, probably not. Boy, I got terrible sinus <laughs> tonight, man. <clears throat> yeah, it's All that right. change in weather. Yeah. Hey, uh, Alan, uh, what have you been up to, Alan? Hey, good evening. Uh, good to see you guys. Uh, hanging in there. Well, 
Uh, my uh, my bench is a little messy as you can see behind me here, but uh, <laughs> it's, I don't have as much uh, space as you have there, Glenn. But uh, it's uh, it, it's on either side of the bench are shelves just full of stuff. But uh, my work area is uh, you know just a, just you know not uh, not that big. <laughs> so I was at to clear things off. I want to work on something, but uh, but anyway, and uh, yeah, I suffer from some of the same problem. I got a list of things that I want to order. In fact, I've been thinking about uh, picking up another camera for doing uh, my videos with. Uh, I use this uh, this uh, Canon uh, camera for all my video stuff. It does a great job, but it's big. But I thought about like picking up something like a GoPro or something like that. But I just don't know how well that would work in the you know kind of normal lighting that I've got in my shop. It's not going to be. I know the GoPro is kind of geared towards like being an outdoor action camera, but yeah. The nice thing is that it's kind of small and it does some pretty high quality, but uh, I was just wondering whether I had to treat myself for Christmas for that or not. But anyway, we'll see. Well, Alan, <laughs> I've, got, uh, I, I've got a camera just like the one you, you showed me there. Uh, yeah. And the, the uh, HDMI port was going bad in it. Oh. I sent it up to, uh, I sent it up to, uh, uh, let's see, who, made, who makes that? Is that, is that a Sony or? No, I don't well, think it's mine, mine's a Canon. Canon that's what I had. I had the Canon, the Canon. Yeah. And I so. sent it to Canon, and um, they, they they told me it's going to cost eight hundred dollars to fix it. Jeez, that's about how much the camera costs. Yeah, I, I know say, it. So uh, I said no. I said just put it back together. So I had the camera here. The camera still records and it works fine. It just yeah. I can't use a HDMI port on it. So I bought me a, a little. Uh, well, not a little. It's a Sony 4K camera here. I don't think it's necessary. But uh, I've got a GoPro. It's got a HDMI output on it and it will work you know so you know or or you know uh there's a lot of uh little hd cameras that you can get out there for 40 50 bucks too so well yeah this this would be something that i use to record my videos with not yeah. for doing the live streaming stuff so yeah <clears throat> all right well very good dear glad to see you tonight yep. good to be here oh uh, uh rich how you doing up in new jersey well, let's see. That's where Alan is in New Jersey. Okay. Yeah, but we're in two different parts of New Jersey, so uh, different weather. <laughs> oh, really different, huh? How, how you doing up there, man? Sometimes. Good, good. Had a nice Thanksgiving. Hope everybody else did, too. And that uh, looking forward to uh, the rest of the holiday season here and uh, trying to stay warm. It's uh, getting appropriately cold, like in the <clears throat> upper 30s today for the uh, high temperature. Tomorrow is supposed to be a little bit warmer, but uh, hey, it's the end of November, beginning of December, so it's the well, way it's supposed to be. Yeah, it was a little cool here, and uh, I, I I think in the next day or two it's going to get back up to 65. That's Fahrenheit. <laughs> We're supposed to go up to about 55 on yeah. uh, Thursday, but then it's supposed to get cold again. Yeah. Well, you know, it seems like to me, I don't know if I've been busy or what's going on, but it seems like that. Thanksgiving was weeks ago, but it hadn't been but just a few days. And thinking about things now, you know, there's not that many days till Christmas. You got all your Christmas shopping done. That's right. Have you got your shopping done? We got most of it done. Uh, doing uh, most of it online and uh, a little bit in person. So. Yeah. Well, all right. Um Got an early start because of supply issues. Yeah, boy, I tell you, I, I, I we got to get the supply problem fixed. You know, I'm still waiting on my home generator 
my all-home generator. I bought it in July, and uh, now they're telling me maybe the end of December I'm going to get it. Oh, that, but what can I do? You know, I can't do anything about it. And like Glenn said, it may be the fact that it's just chips or something that uh, they can't get to finish them up with. I don't know. Yeah, Man. I mean, the shortage is just horrible. <clears throat> yeah. Well, hey, uh, let's just jump right into it tonight, and let's talk about CQ Magazine and what is coming up. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and take it there, uh, Rich? All righty. Well, first of all, before I do that, I want to congratulate Glenn on the publication of his latest book, More Arduino for Ham Radio. All right. Published by our friends up in Newington. And, Thank you. Uh, congrats, Glenn. Thanks. I've just got it, haven't had a chance to look at it too deeply, but from what I've seen, it looks like it's really going to be interesting. Well, the cool thing uh, is you can use it as a paperweight. You can use it to just drop on flies. You know, it's heavy enough. Very multi-purpose book, yes. Yeah, it's a multi-purpose book. <laughs> So, um, also, be before I, I start talking about the December issue of CQ, um, I would like to apologize on behalf of all of us here to our print subscribers for our very, very delayed shipment of our last few issues here. Um, I just want to assure everyone that we are working very hard to get everything back on track, get the presses rolling again, get them out the door. And uh, it is our plan, once we get things moving, to uh, print and mail all of the uh, back issues that have not been mailed so far so that uh, people will not miss out on any additional print issues. Um, and uh, hopefully it will all happen sooner than later, and uh, we're doing our best to make that happen. So just wanted to address that for a minute. Moving on to December which will be available in digital form tomorrow. Um, our, our digital editions have thankfully been consistently on time. December is our technology special each year. And this year we, we are just packed with stuff. And you know, this is one of my favorite issues of the year because it just lets us go all over the place in terms of, of technology. And this one really does. We still range from Real basics, uh, the learning curve column this month is, is an introduction to inductors. And we go all the way from there to some pretty heavy-duty stuff. Um, in our antennas column, we have uh, two uh, guest columnists, W1IS and KC1DSQ, who uh, frequently write for us anyway. Um, and they're doing a deep dive into end-fed half-wave antennas, looking at the basic design of the antenna for the first time in, in decades, really, and looking at the different ways of feeding them, of what kind of transformers work best for which bands, where to put a transformer in the line. Very, very fascinating article. And then we also have a guest columnist in our uh, MFLF, medium and low frequency column, um, Roger Crofts, VK4YB, who writes about a new theory propagation for long-haul DX on 2,200 meters. That's also very interesting. Um, and uh, but that's, uh, that's our range. So in between, 
we we start out the issue with an article on the centennial of DXing, which you probably also read about in other places. It's the centennial of the transatlantic tests, uh, which provided the first confirmed one-way reception of uh, amateur radio signals across the Atlantic in 1921. Um, our article has a different perspective. It's by Carl Lutzel Schwab and K9LA, who is, of course, a propagation expert and uh, co-author of our latest shortwave radio, uh, shortwave propagation handbook. And he's looking at the anniversary from the perspective of, of propagation and the beginning of the East Coast advantage in both DXing and contesting. He traces different paths uh, between two different stations who were heard in the Poldhu on that uh, during the tests in two different locations. AG4W takes us to the moon and back with uh, the story of his introduction to moon bounce. And while we're looking up in space, W4DNN writes about satellite rag chewing on a shoestring. And Glenn, you might be interested in this. Uh, NZ0I and WB8WFK, the uh, amateur radio direction finding co-coordinators, have an article on Arducon, an Arduino-based fox hunt transmitter controller. That's uh, also very, very interesting. We take you down to South America for a tour of PY2 Golf Nancy, Brazil's first public web SDR station. So if you want to hear what propagation is sounding like in Brazil, you can tune this in on the web. You can also tune in the uh, Oscar 100 geostationary satellite, the only geostationary ham satellite we have in orbit. And you can tune that in and listen to stations talking on there. Um, KE3FL has an article on an FL Digi computer interface that he built from his junk box. And we take a little trip outside of direct amateur radio with uh, K3BEQ and uh, GD0NFN on tracking and analyzing digital transmissions from aircraft. Um, now, if Katie was still here, she would probably be tracking Dwayne's flight with something like FlightAware. And uh, you can contribute to the information that FlightAware has by building one of these receivers and uh, downloading the digital transmissions from the aircraft that are flying over you and feeding them into FlightAware's network and uh, help host um, locations. So it's very interesting just general technology stuff there. Um, W2IY has a piece on the technology behind the uninterruptible power supply and how it really isn't too un oh, totally uninterruptible. It's there to give you enough time to properly shut things down, but uh, very interesting look at how they actually work and what they do. Um, our emergency communications editor, N8BHL, has an article this month on using the technology we have uh, for MCOM. A lot of uh, things out there that are available and uh, not necessarily used by a lot of people. Things like, uh, well, FL Digi and WinLink and things like that, and making the best use of things like that. Um, and... Uh, 
our Analog Adventures editor, KL7J, AJ, has uh, an interesting piece on Haywire State. And uh, you have to read that, of course, to know what that's about. Beyond the borders of technology, since uh, our cover says communications and technology, moving to the communication side, we have our second running, I have this in two pages, so it's going to be hard to see, of our uh, periodic table of contesting with uh, mm-hmm. the major contests for each weekend in 2022. And uh, that uh, was a, a big hit last year, and I think it will be again this year as well. A uh, nice uh, thing you can put on your wall if you're into contesting and uh, keep tabs on what's coming up on what weekend uh, throughout the year. We've also got our announcement for the WPX Ridi contest, which is coming up in February. And uh, nominations open for our DX contest and Amateur Radio Halls of Fame. Those uh, open January 1st and close March 1st. Among some of our other columns this month, for the shortwave listeners out there, our listening post column has uh, the latest logs, plus news on China Radio giving real names to its its stations. They uh, generally have been just numbers, CNR7 or CNR14. They've decided to uh, give them names now. So CNR2 is China Business Radio. Uh, CNR7 is Greater Bay Area Radio. So you have some better idea of what these stations are about or where they're from. In uh, kit building this month, Joe Eisenberg, K0NEB, takes us on a trip west to... Uh, where is he going here? Let's see. I think Pacificon and uh, building the Sputnik kit, which uh, looks like a lot of fun. We have our brand new Ham Radio Explorer column debuting this month, and that's uh, one of two pieces in this issue on FM simplex activity. Um, the second one is our VHF plus column. So, you know, a lot of people get started in Ham Radio with a two-meter handheld or mobile rig, and they get themselves locked into the local repeater, and that's about it. There's a lot out there on Simplex as well. And uh, both of these articles kind of lead you through what you can do and how you can do it without the need for repeaters. Um, our propagation editor, NW7US, takes a look at the progress of Solar Cycle 25 and uh, some his forecast for the rest of the cycle. And finally, we have our annual index of articles for the year. And that basically brings us to the back end of the issue. So uh, we, of course, wish everyone a very happy holiday season. Happy Hanukkah, which is going on now, to those who celebrate it. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year later on in the month. Um, Again, the December issue of CQ will be available online on the digital version as of tomorrow and uh, in print as soon as we can uh, get September, October, and November out the door. It will be followed closely behind by December. But uh, we're very much hoping to have all this happen before the end of December. Got our fingers crossed. All right. Hey, you know, you mentioned tonight... The in-fed antenna, you know, all the many years I've been a ham, I never really knew much about the in-fed antenna. Was it in the handbooks? Maybe, but 
I, I don't remember it, but uh, I played around with one in, in the past year or so. It's got a pretty neat antenna. And guess what? Tonight, Raisa, uh, one of our new members, Raisa uh, R1BIG from St. Petersburg, Russia. I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil things here. She's gonna be on in a few minutes and talk about in-fed antennas. Ah, so that's, that's what uh, I, uh, works out real good, you know. That's what I use with all my portable operating. I've got a little tri-band in-fed that I use for whenever I go operating portable on vacation. I love it. It works amazingly well. Yeah. So, you know, it's going to be fun uh, to, to see what she has to say. And uh, uh, she kind of has a unique uh, application for this in-fed. And I, well, I, I need to stop talking about it. I don't want to spoil things. <laughs> But uh, it's going to be fun. But, uh, hey, Rich, thanks uh, so much, man, for giving us a, a look into uh, CQ for December. I can't believe it's December, man. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, but i got to get September, October, and November first. Well, it's, it's coming. Hopefully it's very coming. soon. It's coming. <laughs> I've got plenty of reading to do. So. <laughs> yeah, well, you're so busy right now. You don't have time to do a lot of reading. Get those well, prices actually, showing. at work, I have an hour each day that, you know, can't play much online, so I bring my own reading material. Just a, a quick note on that. Um, for any of our print subscribers, um, we will be happy to send you a PDF of the digital editions of those while you're waiting for the print issues. Uh, just send us an email, and uh, we will send those back to you um, so you can get caught up on your reading. And that's, that's and then, great. Uh, when you get the paper one, you can... Uh, Put it in your archives. That's great, man. A PDF is just as good. No, it's not. Oh, yeah, it is. You you can't copy the page of the PDF and put it in a folder of things you want to try and build. I can. I just take the magazine, stick it in my scanner oh. behind me, scan it, copy you're, it. Print man, it. man, you're, you're old school, man. I, I, yes, hey, I'm someday old I'll school. teach you. I'll teach you how to copy a, a page off a PDF, man. It's, it's real simple. Dude, I just figured out how to put a shopping list on this phone. Yeah, okay? I, I understand what you're talking about, man. I understand what you're talking about. All right. Well, hey, hey, thanks, uh, Rich. Thank you, man. And, uh, Thank we'll, you. We'll, and, we'll see uh, you soon. Merry Christmas to all and uh, to all a good night. Yeah, happy Hanukkah. All right. Very Thank good. You. Thank you, Rich. Let me remind uh, our, our co-host there, If you you probably don't want to hear the audio here uh, on this next segment, just uh, turn on your YouTube if you uh, want to hear the audio. So, guys, uh, okay, so uh, very good. Well, let's move on into let's while we're talking about infed. In, well, I shouldn't say that. It's supposed to be a secret. I shouldn't be talking about that. Anyway, let's just see uh, what uh, Raisa has to say about things, and uh, she is always fun. She makes ham radio fun, and. Uh, Look her up on uh, her uh, Facebook group. It's just Y-L-R-A-I-S-A, Y-L-R-A-I-S-A. So uh, look her up and join her Facebook group. Be sure and tell her, you know, that you came from here. You came from W5KUB or Roundtable so she'll know uh, how you found her there. But uh, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's bring her in now and uh, just see, um, see, see what kind of fun we can have. Okay, well, hey, it's time for our next segment with uh, Raisa. That's uh, she is uh, what R one B I G. I got to start remembering that call, but it's a simple call to remember. R one B I G. Raisa, 
coming to us from St. Petersburg, Russia. And uh, we're so glad to have uh, Raisha with us here. Uh, every couple weeks she's going to be with us. It's a terrible time difference. So it's about 4 o'clock in the morning for her during the show. So we kind of pre-record this. But she still has fun, and we have fun with her talking about ham radio. And uh, let me bring her in and, uh, and just say hello to her. Hello, uh, Raisha. How are you? Hello, Tom. Uh, thank you. I'm very fine. And uh, how are you today? Well, I'm doing fine. And, uh, you know, it's a holiday here. It's, um, it, this is a, a famous holiday in the United States called Thanksgiving. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, well, actually, it was yesterday. Uh, and we're having hours one day late trying to get all the family together because... Uh, our families uh, are, are getting grown now, and uh, they're visiting other members of the family, so it's very difficult to get us all together. Do you guys have big family family meeting, family uh, holidays in, in, in Russia? Tom, first of all, uh, my congratulations on uh, uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. How should I pronounce? Uh, Thanksgiving. Have, thanks. thanks like that, like thank you like thank you it's uh -huh. thanksgiving thanksgiving uh, it is uh, interesting uh, holiday for me because uh, we don't have uh, uh, something uh, the same here uh, and uh, it is nice uh, to have uh, uh, such a good uh, uh, holiday uh, and to celebrate it with the family yes uh, we have also here uh, big families uh, and small, <laughs> uh, it's uh, different, but uh, in my family, I have my sister and my brother, and uh, I have three nieces and I need one nephew. Uh, we, are, we are a big <laughs> and very friendly family, and it is nice uh, to have uh, any celebration uh, together. Uh, for example, in Russia, we uh, celebrate... Uh, Sylvester or Happy uh, New Year uh, Day, uh, New Year Nights, uh, and uh, it is the, I think, this the main uh, holiday here in Russia. Well, that's great. We always have fun with these holidays. I think Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays here, and uh, it's a time that, like like you say, we get all the families together and we just have a, a good time and. Uh, uh, we really, uh, we really like that. Well, nice. hey, let's uh, let's talk a little about one of your trips now. In a few minutes, we're going to see a video. You're going to bring. You brought us a video. I think you went to a lake or something. What 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 video will we be looking at tonight? Uh, it is the video about my first experience uh, with the ant feet antenna, uh, and it was uh, in a very beautiful place. I like it very much. Uh, it is a lake uh, in the forest, uh, quite far from uh, the city. Uh, for example, from my house, it is uh, about 100 kilometers, uh, and there are no uh, many people, uh, and uh, quite uh, and uh, very nice place uh, to be, uh, and I spent uh, a lot, a lot of time uh, during my last two summers there. Uh, and uh, some of my videos was uh, 
shoot uh, was shooting there uh, on this place and yeah I, I like it very much <laughs> uh, i hope that uh, uh, everyone uh, will uh, enjoy uh, the nature uh, in the video well one of the one of the things that impresses me about your videos uh, not only you have ham radio but you have great scenery uh, beautiful scenery or you're at a historic place and uh, you're mixing and combining uh, historic and beauty with ham radio and uh, it just makes a really nice video uh, <laughs> were you are you doing that uh, intentional on purpose oh yes yes uh, or every time uh, I thought about the place uh, and the problem only in my English, uh, <laughs> and I always want to say about the place more, but sometimes uh, I uh, couldn't do it, but uh, I hope that every time uh, it uh, will be getting better and better, because uh, I learn English uh, and uh, I can uh, now easier to explain something about the place. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's interesting uh, to to choose different places. And the second, my idea to show not only the ham radio, uh, but to show a little bit uh, um, some pieces of my countries, uh, some pieces of the nature, because uh, our uh, audience uh, around the world as a wild, wild world and many people from the other uh, places, uh, countries uh, watched the video and uh, it is something different for them. Uh, and I like also to uh, look um, uh, for the other videos from the other uh, point of our planet and to see the nature, to see uh, what is uh, around, uh, history and so on. Yes, it, it is like a second idea of my videos. All right. Well, very good. Uh, let's do this. Um, let's uh, let's take a look at the video and uh, let's just uh, see what you're doing there. So uh, here we go. Hello, my friends. This is Raisa, R1BA team. And today I will test a new antenna. It is new only for me. I know that uh, many experienced hams uh, use it. It is antenna wire. I need it and my idea to um, put it across this lake uh, I will do it and uh, I'm not sure that I will be successful <laughs> we will see it is a, a small experience for me uh, and um, I hope uh, it will uh, work <laughs> This antenna is called Antfit. Uh, uh, it means uh, uh, it will be powered by ant. What else uh, do I need? It is rope. It should be very long rope. <laughs> uh, it is a cable, of course. Uh, and my lovely advice for us uh, for checking uh, SWR. Uh, it will be very helpful, uh, especially uh, in this uh, type of antenna. It's <laughs> 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 
is on the air above the lake uh, and it is the end it is uh, end feed antenna uh, this is um, end of this antenna and this uh, magic box uh, helps uh, to transform uh, from uh, 300 3500 ohms uh, to our um, usual uh, 50 ohms uh, and this box was uh, made by uh, my very good friend uh, Alexei, uh, Radio One, uh, Radio Alpha One, um, Alpha Mike Oscar. Лёш, привет. Спасибо тебе. I need to test uh, uh, how uh, SWR uh, on the different uh, bands. It's very interesting, really, because it's an unusual uh, situation. And uh, my antenna uh, across the lake. <laughs> it was a, a small um, adventures <laughs> to put it on the other side of the lake. Uh, and uh, I will test. I will start test uh, from the lowest uh, uh, band uh, and it is uh, uh, 80 meters band and you can see that the SWR is good and we can use this band. Next one it is 40 meters band. Uh, like you see on 40 meters band is also very good uh, then we will uh, check uh, 20 meters band it looks like uh, it is uh, SWR is good on the end of our band and then we check uh, 21 uh, megahertz it still work uh, and we can use uh, uh, 50 meters band too. I'm really very happy. It's very interesting to have only one antenna and uh, to make EQSO on the, the four uh, bands. Really great. Calling CQ and standing by. Oscar Hotel 6 Hotel. You are coming here in, in Ilmajoki in the West Faro Finland. And it's like like you are on my neighborhood. <laughs> this is my first call, first course in this my my new call Oscar Hotel Six Hotel. This is Radio One Bravo India Ghost Stroke Portable QRZ. Oscar Hotel One Mike November. Hello Raisa, BTVS. Five and nine also here in South Finland city of Turku. Yeah QRZ Raisa. Yeah everybody knows you can. Uh, it is uh, very interesting to me uh, to walk uh, so many stations uh, from Finland uh, because uh, I'm uh, very new on uh, 80 meters band. Uh, now I will uh, try on uh, 40 meters band uh, how my end feet uh, works uh, in 
the 40 meters band. Roman первый Борис Иван Галина дробь поля. Радио 7 Борис Иван Галина дробь поля. Радио Анна 3 Анна Харитова Николай. Добрый вечер, спасибо. 59 Юрий город Покров Владимирская область на I got a very good uh, report uh, on 40 meters band uh, and now the next one uh, it is uh, uh, 20 meter band. We will see and feed antenna uh, above the lake. Uh, this is R1BIG. Mike, back to you. Okay, yeah, <laughs> very strong signal here. 5-9, very strong, okay. Give me a call, a lady. Uh, Radio 1, Bravo India Golf. Okay, now it's okay. I can copy you. There's a QSP in the band anyway. Location here in Abu Dhabi, capital city from United Arab Emirates. 5-9 here in Abu Dhabi, over. Uh, so, my friend, it was a very uh, nice experience for me, even better than uh, I expected. Uh, you see my antenna, it works uh, very good. Uh, and I have uh, to swim myself uh, to another bend of the lake uh, to pick up my antenna back. Have you already used Antfit antenna? It is very interesting for me. Please uh, leave your comments below, your opinion. Maybe you think that another type of antenna is better. It is very interesting to know uh, your experience. Uh, thank you very much for your watching. Uh, best 73 and 88 for you. Bye bye. All right, well, we're back, and boy, hey, that was a great video, uh, Raisa. I, I tell you, you go to some of the prettiest, most beautiful places and have so much fun. I don't know. I wish all ham radio operators were like that. Uh, some are a little boring, but you put fun in ham radio. Hey, uh, you showed us that in fed and we had a question in our chat room, uh, and they wanted to know a little information about the NFED uh, box uh, like who made it can you tell us anything about it uh, yes of course uh, uh, it was uh, made it by by my very good friend uh, Alexei uh, his calls his uh, call is uh, radio alpha one uh, alpha Mike uh, Oscar uh, he helps me a lot with antennas uh, and during my um, summers uh, uh, I um, use different type of antennas it is dipoles uh, in the different way uh, for um, you know uh, like um, 
inverted V or right, like a dipole or and so, so on. Uh, and uh, I tried uh, GP antenna and also and fit and uh, in this video it was my first experience uh, and uh, i like it very much because uh, if you need uh, one antenna and want to have uh, uh, some different bands it is the best way uh, because uh, like uh, you watched uh, uh, i had uh, four different bands uh, with uh, using only one antenna and sometimes uh, it could be a very nice uh, decision uh, to use it for example uh, it's not uh, uh, it is mm, it isn't need uh, um, much or big uh, place for example to hang up different antennas uh, or uh, it is uh, nice uh, for example to use uh, during the contest uh, because um, uh, after this uh, video uh, in the um, end of uh, august uh, i was uh, yes. <laughs> uh, participate uh, in uh, rda contest uh, do you know this russian contest i'm not familiar with it no uh, it is a russian district district uh, contest uh, and uh, there is um, the um, in this uh, contest, uh, there are different categories, uh, and one of them it is uh, a portable position because uh, you know I have not uh, here my shack uh, in my small flat, and uh, I uh, can work only portable. Uh, and uh, there are no so many uh, uh, contests uh, which is for portable working too and uh, RDA Russian districts uh, award uh, Russian districts contest uh, uh, have has uh, the portable uh, category uh, and it was also my first experience and I used this end fit antenna and was very lucky uh, I had uh, four different uh, bands uh, 15, 20, 40, and 80 meters band, and, and uh, it uh, worked very well. And I was very happy to use end uh, uh, fit antenna, this type of antenna in this case. Well, it is, uh, it's really good to have a multi-band antenna because uh, it just makes things simpler. And when you get one antenna that works on multiple bands, it, it, you're much happier. And, I, I never used an in-fed most all the years that I've been a ham. Recently, I tried one, and I was very impressed with it. It was a, it's a nice little uh, antenna. Uh, mm -hmm. So, so uh, it yeah. is always interesting for me to use uh, different antennas and to um, uh, understand. Uh, which is better for this place for example uh, is it enough open or uh, is it enough um, uh, place for uh, hand up the antenna or um, for example if you don't have trees you could uh, use only gp antenna and uh, uh, um, you know that i travel a lot and in the different places i uh, took different antennas and it's very interesting uh, to learn how it works uh, in a different for example uh, even uh, if uh, the um, soil is different it could be also uh, um, 
it depends of the soil. It will work different, yes. And you know, mm -hmm. hey, when you think about putting a wire across a lake, that is not soil there. So that's even different. So the soil will affect an antenna. I guess the lake might affect the antenna. Mm -hmm. Yes, and the uh, uh, lake uh, helps uh, helped uh, very much, uh, and uh, <laughs> it was a nice uh, or funny uh, situation uh, when uh, I um, swimming with kayak the first time through the other uh, side uh, of the bank um, bank of the lake. Uh, uh, my um, uh, rope is was wasn't enough <laughs> uh, and i had to swim uh, back uh, to uh, take uh, lo longer uh, rope uh, and uh, to go uh, once more to the uh, opposite side of the lake <laughs> it was very well, funny you know i i when you showed when you showed the wire you're holding the wire i said <laughs> that's that's not enough no that that will not <laughs> yeah. make it I, I didn't know how much rope you had, but uh, I, yeah, it looked like a long, right. long way. Yeah, long way. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, just, hey, great, uh, uh, great video, and I know you had a lot of fun there. You got to do some swimming. You got to do some kayaking and enjoy nature, and uh, that was great. Uh, hey, yeah, we had another question in the chat room earlier uh, from Norvell Kennedy. And he he asked us about the name of ham radio and what what do you think being from Russia is the name ham radio a good name for the hobby should it be called something else what do you think uh, it is really interesting interesting question uh, and I don't know uh, uh, what is uh, the uh, origin of the word ham and uh, how uh, it came to our hobby. Here in Russia, we have no ham radio, we have amateur radio. Uh, and we use only the words amateur radio, radio любительство in Russian it will be. Uh, and uh, as, uh, I wonder if uh, it is really a topic of discussion. Uh, you um, um, have uh, an idea that uh, it should be in the other way, not ham radio, only to use amateur radio. Yeah, well, you know, there's a lot of discussion over the years where the name ham radio came from. No one seems to, there are different stories. Um, to me, if I say to uh, someone on the street, I'm a ham radio operator, to me, it don't sound as good. If I say I'm an amateur radio operator, now it sounds like I'm a beginner. I'm an amateur. So I don't know what's best, um, but it's a great hobby, and uh, I guess we should not be worried too much about the name. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the name uh, it is important, but uh, I'm not confused with the ham radio, and uh, I use it, and I use uh, also the amateur radio, and uh, both of these names uh, are good for me, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> well, okay, uh, Raisa, it is getting late there, very late, your time, we've taken a lot of your time today. I want to thank you so much for uh, taking your time to be part of our show. We're looking forward to what you're going to bring to us next next time. And uh, I, I, 
it's going to be exciting and it's going to be fun. I know that for a fact. So I'll say uh, good night to you. Uh, 73, 88, all that kind of stuff. And uh, we'll see you soon, okay? My pleasure, Tom. Thank you so much. Uh, it was nice uh, to speak to you today uh, and hope that video uh, will be good for, uh, for uh, your subscribers. Uh, uh, once more, uh, my congratulations on the Thanksgiving Day. Uh, it is nice holiday. Now I know what uh, it is. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, 73 and 88 everybody bye-bye all right and hey i don't want to forget to do this but let me just tell everybody go see raisa's uh youtube channel there it is right there just go to uh, go to youtube and go to yl r-a-i-s-a and uh, you will find her there and uh she's got some great uh, uh youtube videos there uh, i think you'll enjoy it so uh Check her out there. She also has a blog. Just do a search for Y-L-R-A-I-S-A for her blog, and uh, yeah, it's, it's cool. Okay, well, good night, and thank you so much for being with us. Bye-bye. Thank you. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. Good night. All right, well, that was fun. And uh, like I said, she puts uh, fun into ham radio. What, what do you think about the infed there across the lake, uh, Alan? What? Oh, I, I, no, I, I use an infed whenever I go uh, do my portable operating, but uh, but I never swam across a lake <laughs> to either put it up or take it down. <laughs> yeah. So uh, although I don't, uh, mine is uh, relatively short. It's only about forty-five feet long. It's loaded. So uh, it's easy to kind of string off of the uh, the second floor deck of the beach house, <laughs> and uh, sometimes I'll get it close to uh, you know, close to the um, the bay that we the, the house is on. But uh, but hey, pretty cool. And uh, I wonder, you know, how tight that thing had to be pulled, you know, to go across the lake and not have it sag and touch the lake in the middle. But I, uh, <laughs> I would imagine I'd put quite a bit of tension on that thing to keep it uh, keep it out of the water. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was fun. So I, I, you know, every uh, every couple weeks uh, she'll be with us, and we'll be bringing us some of her adventures like that. I think you're uh, kind of neat to watch. Yeah, and, yeah. The, the infant antenna is yeah. a great one too. I mean, it's 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 great for portable operating like that because it's you really only have to support it at one end, and that's usually the tough part when you're bringing an antenna out portable is to try to get it, you know, to get it up, especially a dipole to try to get it on two ends and that type of thing. And infed's real easy. And uh, you don't have any real stringent uh, counterpoise requirements because of the high input impedance. So, yeah, it's got really uh, high voltage on the ends. Yep. I guess at the feed uh, at the feed point too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah, because yeah, it's uh, yeah, because it's essentially an open circuit at the end. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, you typically got a you know three to five kilo ohm, uh, feed point impedance, and therefore the in order to deliver the power into that kind of impedance the voltage is very high so. yeah and you know i uh I, I i built one here uh a year or so ago had it on the show and uh uh but i wanted to run a kilowatt into it and that uh, yeah the voltage you get really high with that really really high <laughs> really high there and uh uh there's a way you can match it with uh like uh window line or open line i guess is what you call it uh you know it's a quarter wave of open line and uh uh, actually, it makes it a J-pole, really, and you got a half-wave uh, um, piece of wire on there. 
and yeah, uh, yeah. In fact, this this month's QST that I just got yesterday, yeah. um, they actually have a uh, an NFED vertical mm-hmm. fed with kind of a J pole type feed, a quarter yep. wavelength feed, and that same technique could be used obviously for an NFED uh, horizontal or just an NFED wire. But um, yeah, yeah that, I, and I that's, got, what, that's what that's what I did for this one. I I stood it up vertically. I, I have yeah. I did a half wave on um, uh, forty meters. Uh, had a quite high tree limb up here, and uh, I put me a half wave straight up, and uh, so I matched it with the uh, open uh, feed line. And boy, the SW it really matched almost perfect, man. It was really good. I came in the house and you know checked it out with the rig and tuned up, and uh, hey. Perfect SWR, man. It looked really good. You know, I, I keyed up for maybe you know five, ten seconds, whatever. I went back out and looked looked at it, and the uh, the um, open open uh, uh, feed wire was on fire. It was uh, melting and dripping at the end of it out there. <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> I I went to a different match on that, but uh, yeah, high voltage for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I figure deliver, you're delivering that amount of power to the antenna and just think how much voltage you need to deliver that kind of power into, you know, four or five K ohms. So, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Well, look, hey, everybody, go to Ray Issa's uh, YouTube channel, look at it, subscribe to it, and join our Facebook group. Uh, on Facebook, just do a search for Y L R A I S A. Search for it. Join her Facebook group. She's got so many things that she's doing out there in ham radio. And uh, uh, she's a contester. Um, and uh, it just she has so much fun with ham radio, and you'll be surprised on uh, uh, all the things she's doing there. Uh, if, you, if you get in there on her Facebook group, tell her you came to her from uh, uh, Roundtable or mention Roundtable or W5KUB so she'll know that uh, you're part of the group here. And she also is a part of our group uh, in our, our Facebook group. So, if you do leave comments in uh, our Facebook group called W5KUB uh, uh, Raisa, we'll see them. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, this is a good uh, chance here for me just to uh, good opportunity to mention. Uh, if you would join our Facebook group, we've got over twelve thousand hams in our Facebook group. It's all about ham radio, no personal stuff. It's just called W5KUB. It's actually called Amateur Radio Roundtable, but that's too much to type in. If you type in just W5KUB, it'll bring up our Facebook group for hams and uh, join it. There's a lot of great people in there, and it follows a lot of things that we're doing with the show. We'd uh, would love to have you there. Um, you know, I get a lot of requests of people wanting to be my friend, uh, and I don't approve anybody. Practically, I mean, I think uh, in my Facebook, my personal Facebook group, I may have 30 or 40 people total. Uh, and it's mostly, it's just family mostly. Uh, uh, I, I get uh, hundreds or thousands of requests to be friends, and I just didn't want to mess my family Facebook group up with 12,000 people in it. So uh, if you need me or want me, you can always contact me. I probably spend... 90% of my time on the W5KUB Facebook group. That's that's where you can find me there. All right, well, Alan, I know you need to cut out here in a few minutes, uh, and you had a segment, but we'll do it next week. Yep, and t- tell us what it's going to be about again. Yeah, so I thought uh, maybe we'd have a little chat about, you know, a lot of people have got getting these inexpensive scopes these days, and most of them have got 
an FFT function to show frequency domain content, kind of like a spectrum analyzer, and I'll say kind of like a spectrum analyzer. But I thought we'd just kind of cover the basics of using an FFT on a digital scope. Well, that sounds cool. All right, so we'll do yeah. that next week. All right, we'll do it. All right, man. Well, thanks a lot. All right. All Good right. to see you guys, and we'll catch up with you next week. All right. We'll be back in just a moment, guys. Stand by. Spice up your This portable radio is perfect for staying in or venturing out and working your favorite bands this winter. Happy holidays from ICON. The IC705 is a perfect sidekick and QRP companion. Base station features and functionality at the tip of your fingers in a portable package covering HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. This compact rig weighs in at just over 2 pounds with RF direct sampling for most of the HF bands and IF sampling for frequencies above 25 megahertz. Some of the features include 4.3 inch touchscreen with live band scope and waterfall, sideband CW, AM, FM, as well as full D-Star functions, has a micro USB connector, Bluetooth, and WLAN, integrated GPS with antenna and GPS logger. The HM243 speaker microphone comes standard. The perfect accessory for the IC705 is the optional LC192 backpack. It has a special compartment for your IC705 and room for all your accessories. Our family of favorite ICOM amateur radios are also available this holiday season and they make the perfect gift. Don't forget the 9700, the 9300, and the 7610 base stations, and the ID52A handheld coming soon. Visit www.icomamerica.com amateur for more information on ICOM radios. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need. From QRP to QRO, fixed stations, portable and remote, an LDG tuner will match your radio to your antenna using our lightning-fast, proprietary tuning algorithms. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing innovative, quality products to the amateur market. All LDG products carry a full two-year warranty that is fully transferable. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. All right, and we are back. All right. Uh, hey, one of the things, uh, let me uh, just give you guys an update. Uh, we've got a lot of people in the Facebook group is following our latest uh, launch. And uh, we've uh, got W5KB104 in the air. Let me tell you a little about 104. Um, when it went to sleep tonight, it was crossing over uh, Bermuda. Uh, after 30, 36 hours, it had made it to Bermuda and was, was heading toward the UK. And... Uh, it will uh, it'll come down through the UK and across through um, France, and then it'll go down into uh, Africa where it will make a, a left-hand turn, and eventually go across the Middle East and uh, it'll, it'll go across Canada. We hope it makes it around the world. You know, we've been flying the high-dollar balloon because that gave us the best chance. That was the uh, SBS, but that SBS balloon cost about 170 bucks. 
each flight. So we've had some pretty bad luck with the SBS balloon the last three or four times, and over the years we have. And uh, believe it or not, the balloons we're flying on this flight right now cost $1.49. And they're $1.49, 36-inch Chinese balloons, and we're running two of them in tandem. It'll look something like that right there. They're uh, just tied together with strings. Each one of them has about one-tenth uh, of a uh, cubic meter of capacity. So they won't get us uh, a lot of altitude. The reason we put two together is to get a little bit extra altitude. Uh, that increased it by about 3,000 feet. The problem with these smaller balloons is that we're only we're, we're maxed out at about 31,000 feet. Uh, the SBS flies at about 44,000, which gets us over storms. And uh, at 31,000, it's, uh, it's pretty critical because you're getting really close to uh, cloud tops and storms. Uh, but we kept it simple uh, this time. Uh, a single a solar array this time, it's flat. It's pointing straight up, typically in a winter uh, you don't you don't get as much tracking uh, with this, but we want to keep it light and simple. There's the tracker in the center. Uh, that's uh, that's what we launched uh, yesterday. Um, this is what the balloon looks like inflated. You can see about the size. They were doing some testing right there, some pressure testing, and uh, we found that uh, this material, this balloon, will withstand the pressure. I think it will actually withstand more pressure than the SBS balloon will. So uh, we were real happy to, to try to fly this. We know it's got limitations to it, but we were able to take the pressure up really, really high on these balloons, higher than uh, what they would experience uh, at, uh, at altitude. So there's what it looks like uh, uh, laying flat. It is actually clear. So uh, for all you guys who have been following the ants, uh, the, the journey, the journey uh, continues and W5KUB104 uh, is in the air, and so far we're up. Now, we, we're going to have some issues probably. Um, we're going to have some issues. Let me show you what's coming up here. If um, here, Here's the jet stream that we're in right now, and if you look at the jet stream, here's the U.S. right here. And we're presently about right here. So you can see this says about 71 miles per hour. Now, as we move on in this jet stream, there's 120, 130, 140, 50. You know, there's there's some uh, pretty good speeds in this jet stream here. Well over 100 miles an hour. And it's going to bring us down. It's going to bring us down. Actually... You know, it may be turning here. It was going to come straight down to Africa, but it may be turning here. And if so, it's going to go right over Raisha. Right, um, Raisha. It may go right over St. Petersburg right there. So that's that's uh, what we're dealing with there. Um, and But the problem we're facing with this balloon is, uh, let's see... 
I was going to show you cloud tops. We got some cloud tops uh, as high as 30 and 35,000 feet. Uh, I won't pull those up right now, but uh, uh, you know, I don't know if we're going to be lucky and, and, and go around them or if we're going to get caught with a storm. This is a long shot to try to get around the world with two dollar 49 cent balloons. It's a long shot, but uh, things are looking good from launch to even throughout the day. So uh, we're we're real happy. We'll check it out in the morning to see if it's still up and running and uh, uh, moving. And uh, if so, uh, you can track it. You just go to uh, W5KUB.com, and you can track the balloon by clicking on balloon up there. I've got a site uh, made up for tracking. It should come alive about, I'm guessing, about 6, six o'clock in the morning, roughly uh, central time. It will probably wake up somewhere east of uh, Bermuda. Uh, and um, let's just hope it just keeps going here. So, Glenn, let's, let's jump over to you. Glenn, you got anything going here you want to comment about? Not really. I mean, I was interested in the NFED antenna. Yeah. I've got an antenna that I want to play with. I bought it, just have never really had a chance to set it up. Uh it's uh, JMR Sales took uh, four of the MFJ 20-meter uh, ham sticks yeah. and uh, came up with a mount for them and actually created a portable mini beam for 20. Oh, that's cool. That, I, that actually fits in a little carrying case that I made and uh, want to set that up and, and play with it and see how it works on 20 one day, but... Just need some time. It's coming, but not today. All right. Uh, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna the put holiday. the I'm gonna put the Zoom link out there, and we're gonna invite people to join us here on Zoom, and they'll actually be on the show. So uh, here's the Zoom link. All you gotta do is click on this link, and you will uh, you'll join the show live here. There we go. I should. Get it right there. Yeah, just click on that Zoom link right there and uh, join us. Yeah, I was really hoping to get started over the Thanksgiving holiday and too much else happened. Oh, man, lots going on, isn't it? Yeah. I I'm, mean, retired. I I, I'm retired here. I'm retired. I don't have enough time to do all the things I want to do. Yeah. You know, no, it's... it's uh, I started a half a dozen things and never once got around to the one thing I was wanting to do. Yeah. Oh, we got we got Charlie in here now. Let's get Charlie in here. Oh, let's see. There we go. There we go. Hey, Charlie, how you doing, man? Hello. How are you? Hello, everybody. Hello. Looks like Brett's joining us. Computer, my laptop is still running. So yeah. if I disappear, it's the laptop. So when you're on uh, 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 building power, commercial power, does it still go off? Does it still? Uh, I'm I'm with the with the power supply. Yes, it suddenly goes off. Oh uh, yeah, we're on the so. power supply. Does it does it still cut off or does it stay on? Yes, yes, but but it's the problem of the battery, which is uh, it's uh, yeah, it's already. In parts, it's uh, ah. 
Yeah, bulging. starting to get yeah, so, it's swelling up, so, swelling, getting bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've already um, um, how do you say? I've already bought another one. I'm waiting for it to to, oh, okay. to arrive. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I'm sure you'll get it. First A lot thing. of money, you know, but well, I guess you could take the battery out and still power it, power it with the. Oh. Well, you know this uh, new new newer laptops. Uh, the yeah. battery is like uh, part of the computer, so oh, you, you cannot okay. really. Right. I cannot plug it. I think, but yeah, but, yeah, yeah. <coughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we got we got Brett in here with us, and I think I saw Steve uh, join us. How you doing, Brett? Oh, pretty good. It was uh, get, I've been winterizing my antenna. Yeah, a Delta looks... loop strung across the top of my house, and I've been making sure that the uh, it's the corners are held by garbage can bungees. You know the the, the, the yeah. rubber strings. Yeah, garbage so, can. And so I replaced those to get them to get it ready for winter. Make sure they wouldn't snap. So is that your uh, is that your tower behind you there? It looks like it fell over. Uh yeah no no I'm just I'm just leaning over the back of my tower. Oh here. okay I guess <laughs> just you. a little I guess one. You. I guess you. All right, man. Well, <clears throat> well, you guys think of some good projects. Uh, uh, we need to. I need another really good project to start on here with the show. Uh, uh, I'm not planning to launch any other balloons this year, and probably not even into early next year. We've launched so many. We have launched so many in the last year and a half. We. I would imagine we have probably spent four thousand dollars on balloon launches, uh, you know, in the last two years for the show. Uh, uh, many of those went in the ocean, so you know, uh, it's a uh, it's an expensive hobby. I know. I was talking to a friend. He said, "Yeah, he he launched. He said he just lost about fifteen hundred dollars out in the ocean." So, man, here's a uh, there's a real need to, for a, a, a tracker supplier, you know. <laughs> Get that price down. I'm I'm so glad we're building ours. Uh, we, you know, we've cut the cost from you know a, a, an average tracker. You can buy a tracker for around a hundred dollars, but uh, average tracker is going to cost you about a hundred and thirty to a hundred and sixty dollars. Uh, especially by the time you put the solar panels and all that stuff on it. Uh, but, um, you know, we we have saved a lot by just building our own tracker. Uh, we, we've got the tracker down to, to about 40 bucks, I think, in cost. Uh, but then, you know, you got 180 bucks for a balloon, you got the gas, you got all kinds of stuff. So uh, it can get expensive, but we need a new project. So be thinking. Something something simple that I can do here for the show, and um, I do want to try some uh, moon bounce uh, here. Uh, it's it's going to have to be um, something like digital because it, I don't have the antenna systems or the power uh, to do a voice contact. But uh, with with digital digital programs now, it's possible at a hundred watts. Especially if you talk to one of the big gun stations, uh, you'll be able to make contact through the moon. And uh, that's one of the things we want to do. 
I got to get my rotor down. My rotor is not turning. And Glenn is the rotor man. <laughs> I got a box full of them. You're the rotor man, so. Well, actually, you know, what is that typical ham three, ham four rotor? Yeah, I think so. I think it's like a ham yeah. four. I mean, it's not Generally, really those expensive. bearings will just freeze up. You got to take it apart and regrease it. Yeah, and I, I did that probably last year, a year before. But I may have put too much grease in there, uh, and but I did get the I did get the what is it, silicone or Teflon grease, whatever, something that's not supposed yeah. to get cold, you know, and 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 uh, uh, gum up on me. But um, it's really fun putting the thing back together. You start dropping those. Uh, I think it's got fifty-seven ball bearings around the top. The yes. top ring, and then underneath it's got like fifty-four around under the bottom or something. And when those ball bearings start dropping out of there, it's like, oh man! You know? Oh, it's a pain. Yeah, yeah. And if you need some, I actually have a a kit that has some of those ball bearings. Oh, do you? Yeah. Yeah, they sell a rebuild kit, or they sold a rebuild. Yeah. And yeah. somebody yeah. gave me a box of rotators. I mean, a huge bin full. Yeah. Of mix and match the older, you know, CDE and. Uh, the predecessor to the AR-40 was AR-22. Yeah, some of yeah. those old 1940s and 50s eras rotors and controllers. But amongst them was a nice set of ball bearings for a couple of the ham yeah. series. Well, you know, I think, I mean, I'm, I may, shouldn't say this, but I think it would probably work if you were missing one or two ball bearings. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You don't yeah. want to, but yeah, it's going to grind up in that channel yeah yeah uh, you know you do want to do it right but yeah we'll run with missing a couple so i need to get that i need to get that down on the back of my house here i've got a flat back porch roof and i've got a mount on top of that flat roof with uh my azimuth elevation antennas and uh that place also catches a lot of leaves up here i probably have about 800 pounds of leaves up here yeah i gotta so get I, up on my roof and yeah, do the same i do need to get up there and uh blow all the leaves off the roof up there and um when i do that i'll uh, i'll bring that rotor down and see if i can't fix it you know yeah i gotta fix the 40 meter wire on my cobweb it got hit by a pine branch the other week so i gotta get that wire fixed and put back up yeah but there's a couple of kits out there. You're talking about things to build. And I, when you did the thing on the uh, SG-237 auto tuner last week, I did some looking around. Uh -huh. And somebody's got like a $50 auto tuner kit out there that I'm looking at doing. Well, there's several and, There's several auto tuner boards that you can buy out there pretty cheap, you know. Yes. Uh, and, and, um, I, get, I guess yeah. they work okay, um, you know. And then there's that SI chip, the 4732, I think it is, that's a full-blown sideband and CW receiver on a chip. Yeah. And I got the kit, but I've, I haven't had a chance to finish it up. Yeah, well, I think Tom has a bad experience yeah. with uh, that kit. But I think, Tom, the problem is a speaker. Well, if maybe. And, and speaker, mine, mine wasn't a kit. I just bought... You know the radio already. It had a nice case, 
It had a metal yeah, case around it. Yeah, but the speaker, I, I've, I've, uh, yeah, I've bought the kit and I've used a, uh, a nice speaker and it sounds okay. Yeah. It has other issues, right? But, but I think your your first problem is the speaker. Well, uh, maybe I should order it again. I don't know. What did you do with the other I sent it back. I kept it one day. And oh, I see. I sent it back. Yeah. Hey, the nice thing, and I, hey, I tell you, I've been buying everything off Amazon now because it, it is so easy to send something back with Amazon. You don't like it, you send it back. You know. Now, I, I have other experiences ordering direct from people. Like I, I bought a little cheap drone last year, fifty dollars. It's, it's a little nice drone, but when it got here, one of the blades was broken where it goes on the shaft. So I tried to contact them, and I could never contact them to get it replaced or anything. So it's sitting over there with super glue on it. I've never flown it. I need to give it away. Maybe, maybe I need to give that away as a prize. Maybe on a show coming up here soon. Yeah, it may fly. I, I'm worried when I glued the the shaft back together that it may not be balanced really well, and that it could be you know a little shaky. I don't know. You know, you probably could go to a hobby store online and get a replacement set of blades. You know, well, it's not the what, blade. When, it's not the blade. It's the, I, I guess it's the shaft that goes into that. Is that like a little motor? You, you, you'll probably have many spare parts for it. When, when my kids were, were young, I remember yeah. they're, all, they're still young, but when they're small kids, my, my brother, uh, Gave them as a present one of those uh, helicopters, you know, with RC helicopters yeah, with the yeah. with the two blades that counter rotate. Uh, so, so of course, he already gave it to me. It was already broken because he tested it. You know, yeah, he tested. Yeah. It. yeah. <laughs> so, so then, I've destroyed it with my kids. Of course, we we played with it. And then we, we read the manual, and the manual said, no, you should start in a close play, place like a, like a, a, a uh, you know, for in a close place, for example, a place where you play basketball or something like that, right. and start moving up uh -huh. one meter, then down, then like hours of instructions, and then go and fly outside no so i had was, uh, i i bought before that maybe three years ago i bought a really small drone and i tried to use it in the house and that was a mistake that thing went so fast that thing went it went up so fast man yeah and, you know. but, but then i went to the to the to the the, the site the website of a brand and it's incredible. Every model they have, they have the model that you can buy, and yeah. beneath it you have spare parts. It says. Oh yeah, and you have yeah. everything, like everything, like the little uh, gear of the axis of the, uh, and you yeah. buy everything yeah. because they know that you destroy it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, you may may find everything. Well, you know, I won one of those nice, expensive drones at the last memphis ham fest they had here and do you want to know my expertise with it what it's still in the box oh yeah well it's <laughs> i'm so afraid to take that out and i know i know 
talk about flying in a small space. I cannot fly anything in this house. I no. bought one of the teeny tiny autopilot drones. Yeah. Um, if it flies, it dies in this house. The the cats have a six foot vertical leap. Yep. I'll take it out of the air. That's in drones. Well, you know, you know what you, you know. There's a, there's a well known ham who's a commercial drone pilot who might be able to help you, um, and that's uh, Ria. Oh, Ria. Okay. Well, so, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if you know Emmett. Emmett also is. Uh, yeah. Well, we've got a guy here in town. As a matter of fact, he yeah. did the the drones yeah. for uh, one of Tom's balloon launches. Yeah. Well. What I wanted for is like when I go to a ham fest and I'm doing 70 miles an hour down the interstate, I want that drone out in front of me, you know, filming back at me while I'm driving, you know. <laughs> but I'm afraid I'll lose it. Oh, man. Yeah, at 70 miles an hour, yeah, you will lose it. I don't know. don't know. I've managed to break a, a drone and it, it, it wasn't mine. It's... <laughs> Well, Long story short, I managed to break one which is like a plane, you know, and it's, uh, but it's all autopiloted. So if you, you fly it up and then it will stay there flying in yeah, a circle. Yeah. And then it has a, a protection that if you pull it down and it reaches like uh, 30 feet in height, it will tunk, stay like that. So well, that's good. No matter what you do, you won't lose it. It's like well, if you, if it gets out of range, it will come back. Well, I managed to break it. This this drone, <laughs> this drone here. Here's here's my problem. This drone here, I've got to use my cell phone with it. It's got a little stand that it, you know the phone goes on the the control, but but I got to interface the cell phone to the, the Wi-Fi and all that stuff, and you know it's too much trouble. I I need one. I need one, and it just comes all built together. It has its own screen and everything. You know something, Tom? That's how I broke it because yeah. uh, we were. Uh, I was using it um, together with another uh, co-worker. It was a, a, the drone. It's uh, from my boss, so, yeah. <laughs> so it, I was using it with a co-worker, and uh, suddenly it was incredible. He was using his phone in the remote control, so suddenly his yeah. phone rang, oh, no. and he looked. Took the phone and he looked. Ah, it's the boss. So he went like that, yeah. and I was. He gave me the control, and I was like blind, blind. You're blind. Trying yeah. to fly the thing, and yep. goodbye. Yeah, yeah. Oh, now there's my six foot drone killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she can take him down. She actually has like a five foot nine inch vertical leap because she can hit the ceiling fan poles. At 3 a.m. And so, yeah, there, there's not a drone that can survive inside the house. So it stays. They're, the they're getting, now. they're getting much better in the the in by because they are like they are so uh, the the autopilot is so good now that yeah. you don't. I mean, you don't have to be expert. Like if right, you can right. fly. In a very safe way. I'm pretty sure mm -hmm. that's the one. The one I've got does have uh, auto land capability. So, so uh, Charlie, do you have um, 
Do you have any government restrictions on flying your, a drone uh, in Uruguay? Uh, it like altitude. There's, there's nothing written. I think, for for what I understand, it's not like I think in Great Britain that there are different licenses for pilot and everything. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I know here here in the states, uh, most people are limited. They can't fly over four hundred feet. Well, the thing is that it, the, the the drone itself has a, a there the, has in the firmware that has the depending on the on the uh, proximity to airports right right and air bases it has um, uh, limitations. So I remember once when when I went to a friend's house, uh, he's also a ham and he has a, his antenna and everything, and another friend brought his his drone. And we wanted to film the the antenna and everything. And he lives very close to the airport. And yeah. he tried to to fly the drone, and the drone didn't fly very high, like it oh, flew yeah. some uh, 30, 30 feet high, and it didn't want to go up. Hmm. So that's that was working really nice. Yeah. Of course, written the law written the 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 loophole right everybody has you know the the codes to yeah. to override that yeah I, I would imagine glenn could probably change the firmware to uh where it would fly higher i mean everything's legal until you get caught yeah yeah oh man but but i'm i'm not a drone guy you know like yeah. people really like to fly the drones and everything i don't it's, you I know, know I'm not that interested myself. Uh, I, if I got a, uh, an expensive drone, probably the first day it would be in, in the top of a tree. Yep. Somewhere, or, or you know, I mean, it, it'd be cool to fly one time to see things, you know, see your house from really high, but the next day is not that much fun anymore. I have to pull it I out mean, of my neighbor's windshield, you know, yeah. things like that. If you use it as a tool, or for example, Raisa, that in fact she's really good photographers. I, yeah. I, I, I've I've I haven't seen any videos yet except the one you showed today, Tom. Uh -huh. And it's incredible the way she she uh, she compiles, she edits her videos. Yeah, she really is, in a photographic really way, you know. She's really sure. It's like, it's very professional. The way very her professional. Videos yeah, is, I, I think she edited. has, you know, the. It's not only a profession, it's like she has the, the she has the knack. She has the knack. You don't know what that exactly, means. Exactly, that's the word. What, you, yes. you may not know what the knack is. No, but I understand yeah. the, the term. Yeah, yeah she it, like, she, it's natural to her, I think, yeah. that the way the way she shows things. Yeah. Is she a producer? Yeah, in fact, when I'm talking with her, I feel embarrassed because uh, I can't do, I can't make things look as good as she makes it look. And, and, of course, our show is live, so, uh, you know, just about everything goes on our show. Uh, you know, uh, mistakes or anything like that, and really no editing. Uh, but her stuff always turns out perfect. It really good. Yeah. Mm, really enjoyable. So I've already subscribed to her channel. That's good. Good. I'm watching uh, things later. Hey, let me just make a quick announcement out there. If you're still listening on shortwave on 7490, and you're tuned in to WBCQ, 
shortwave out of Monticello, Maine. Yeah, Monticello, Maine. I think we're relatively low power up there. I think we're only about 50,000 watts. Not a, not a really big transmitter we're on, but uh, it, uh, it is being heard in uh, some remote uh, countries. Uh, I tuned in last week uh, from a, a remote SDR receiver. I tuned in from Iceland and a couple other countries, and I could listen to the show, uh, and I thought that was pretty cool. So if you're out there, uh, you're listening to Ham Radio Show, Amateur Radio. It's about Ham Radio and all aspects of it. Send us an email to Tom at W5KUB.com. Tom at W5KUB.com, and let us know that you're out there listening. All right. Well, guys, Christmas is going to be here soon. I was going to buy me a new radio but, or something, but I can't find anything to buy. I don't know what I want. <laughs> How about I give you my list and you can buy it for me? Well, that would be easy. That would be easy. I mean, for me to. Well, how, what am I saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would be easy. But then yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have the pleasure of using it. But no, seriously, I ha- I've been wanting to do something new and big and better in ham radio, but. And uh, I just can't find anything out there. I, I look through catalogs. I look through everything. I can't find a single thing that I want. I guess I got everything I need, you know. Yeah, you got everything you need. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have a list, you know, but half the list is radios, and the other half of the list is things like, you know, laser cutter and a 3D printer and, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, Tom, I haven't heard you much on digital modes. Have you thought about getting more into that? You know, I'm not a real digital mode person. Uh, I did uh, uh, try some FT8 this past year, made some contacts. Uh, it's just kind of not my thing. You know, when you when you, when you, you kind of grow up in ham, you know, us old guys, we're not digital guys. So, Speak for yeah. yourself. Well, we're not uh, well, but <laughs> yeah. see, I, but I'm older. I'm older than you, Glenn. So us old guys, you know, been licensed for sixty years. You know, back then uh, we didn't have any real digital. The only digital stuff we had was CW. Now it's pretty good that digital mode. But you know, I I don't know. Uh, hey, I did copy the balloon today. I I put it on a JT nine, and when it was over, uh, when it was over uh, Bermuda, I was copying the JT nine uh, from the balloon. Uh, I mean, I got the capability here. Uh, I just, you know, if somebody can just design a little uh, uh, a script that lets it make contacts while I'm not here, I could, I could, I could, I could go to the grocery store. I could go to the grocery store and places like that while it would make DX contacts, and I could come home and I have 25 contacts. You know. Yep, they've almost got that, but, you know, they're not going to do it that far, but yeah. it's about three steps short of that. Oh, they have that for FT8. Oh, um, there's a, Yes, there's a version of WSJTX called WSJTZ. You can leave it on all day, and it will just keep making contacts oh, for you. Man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Where's the I don't, even to, don't even know what to Robot. think. Robotic cam radio. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, I mean, I, I like the digital modes, but... I'm going to make the contact myself, period. 
Hey, you know, hey, probably, hey, 30 years ago, I, I got into uh, packet, and uh, I, yeah. when Chris was when Chris was over in college, I'd, I'd send him a little email message through packet, and if you go 200 miles, it'd take it about five days to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was one of the ones to put the first packet digipeter up in Alabama. Yeah. Up on top of Mount Cheehaw, the tallest point in Alabama there. We had coverage from Birmingham to Atlanta. Yeah. Well, if you use JS8, which is a variation on FT8, you can reg chew. It's sort of like a cross between FT8 and RIDI. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's cool. You know, one of the things we ought to do one night. How's uh, that mod called? How, how J- is it JS, JS8. Oh, JS8, or the, the program is JS8 call. And the uh, you know the, the protocol it uses is called JS8. It uses parts of FT8, but it goes its own way. It lets you it lets you reg you as much as you want. And I've had long I've, I've had hour long conversations with people over it. It's fun. Here, right. here, here's what right. we should do. Here's what we should do, Charlie. We should have a contest. All of our viewers here. One one, one night we should have a contest, and we can use FT8. But you have to use a light bulb for the antenna. That's all. You know. You know that not even my forty meter dipole will receive you. <laughs> not even in digital mode. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, even with a light bulb, we ought to be able to work a few thousand miles, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm struggling just to hear your balloon with my own antennas and radio at Steve, home. Steve, <laughs> did you? Are you able to hear it, Steve? Yeah. You, you no, were, no, I can't hear oh. your balloon yet. I'm. I'm I'm all set up again. Okay. Uh, today I, I listened with my vertical antenna, and then um, at about uh, 1 a.m. UTC, I switched over to my NFED half wave, and uh, it I get more signals, I think, off that one. So yeah, I we'll copied it. I copied it a, few, a couple times today, and I did copy the uh, JT9 today. I just wanted to see if it was there. Uh, the JT9 is set up where, you know, our our um, our whisper transmissions, the two whisper transmissions we do, uh, gets our location down into a box that's about a little over a mile by, well, maybe two miles by three miles. It's a pretty mm-hmm. small box. Your standard your standard whisper is only a four digit, and that that puts you in a box that's over a hundred miles square. Mm-hmm. So with our modified second transmission on Whisper, uh, we get the uh, fifth and sixth digit of the grid square, and that places us in a little two-mile square box. But the JT9 that uh, Bill uh, wrote for us, uh, it will it will place us within 50 feet uh, when we add it all together. So uh, that was kind of built. That if this thing ever went down somewhere and somebody could copy the JT9, uh, you could just about walk up to it and find it. Now, uh, I've searched for the one that went down in a two by three mile box, and that's no easy thing. Two two by three miles is still pretty big, especially when you got uh, forest and roads and farms and houses. You know, two by three miles is pretty big. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, you get it down to 50 feet, I think you could find it. Well, I'm hope it's still I hope it's still in the air tomorrow. Uh, you know we're we're pushing the limits here. 
Uh, we have flown so many of the majorly expensive balloons that I just felt like we need to stop for a while and let's try a different approach. And uh, uh, this particular little 36-inch, dollar-and-a-half balloon, uh, there's one that's gone around seven times right now. Now, that's uh, very unusual. Normally, they don't make it around once, but uh, uh, we've flown a few of these in the past. We've had them uh, crash near Japan and places like that, uh, uh, Poland. Uh, but uh, this is a this is a uh, a tandem deal. We've got two balloons together. That doubles our risk, though. Uh, if either balloon goes down, we lose it because because one balloon one balloon can't hold the weight of both of them. So it doubles our risk, but it gets us a little bit more altitude. My my biggest worry right now is the storms. I'm seeing under <laughs> I'm seeing cloud tops. Uh, of storms uh, in the 30,000 feet range, and that's where we're flying. So if we should be unlucky and hit a storm, we're going to come down. So uh, our main thing is luck. we got to have luck, and we're going to make it. Yeah, it seems like you had an issue with those SBSs right at 41,000 well, feet. I'm not going to say anything about it. There's no way to prove what's going on. We lost, we've lost two or three or four of those. There's been other people that have lost them at the same altitude. Uh, the reports kept coming in where actually people were starting to write the company and tell them they wanted their money back or swap their balloons. But I don't think you could ever prove that it's, uh, uh, you know, it's a balloon uh, quality issue. It's just. There's major stress and major things going on up there in the air. Yeah, uh, you're you're I mean, you're up against Mother Nature, and let me tell you, Mother Nature is a a big person. Yeah, well, I mean, and let's face it, even under optimum conditions, it's still, you know, the odds are one in ten of it surviving. Well, you know, when we started flying these two years ago, uh, we we felt that it was going to take. Ten tries to get around the world, and we made it. Uh, we made it around the world on number nine. Yeah, we made it around three and a half times on number nine, and uh, we made it again on one of them. I forget how many. Now, I, th I think the last nine or ten flights we haven't made it, so it's time to do it again. And we've got we're betting right now on the ants and these two little dollar forty nine cent balloons. We're going to make it around the world. It's going to be, it's going to be a, a tough trip. It's going to be an exciting trip. They're going to be fighting all the way, trying to hold that thing together. But uh, I think we're going to make it around the world. I don't know. Well, you got to make it past these storms first. Yeah, and uh, they're not. They wasn't looking too good. I'm going to pull them up here. Let's see. So most of the storms right now, with it being winter, most of the big storms are below the equator. But they're starting to they're starting to move up uh, to the north here. And uh, I'm going to bring up uh, I'm going to bring up a, a program here. Let's see. This is called Windy, and uh, where I, where the cursor is right now, you can see the cursor. That's about where we are right right now. Bermuda's right there, so we're somewhere in this area here. 
So I'm gonna look at uh, I'm gonna look at here uh, winds on this program, and uh, let's see. Oh, and I gotta go my gotta gotta take the altitude up right now. I'm on surface, so I'm gonna go up to about nine thousand meters. That's about where we are. So I'm gonna go to nine thousand meters. Hard to read that. That's ten thousand. Okay, there we go. Right. Right here, there's 9,000 meters. Now, if you look at this, I'm going to put the mouse over this. We're about right here, right now. And that speed of that wind is about 66 miles per hour. But look what happens if I get up here in this white. 106. 134 miles an hour. Uh, 137. So it just keeps going, keeps going. So, uh, and it gets pretty fast. It looks like what we're going to do here is we're going to, we're taking this path. The, our predicted path is going to take us a big curve. We, it looks like we're going to go over Greenland, and we're going to curve, and we're going to come back down over, uh, well, it's hard to tell what I'm even looking at here. I think the UK is right here. Uh, we're going to come down near the UK. We may, we may go over St. Petersburg right here in Russia. I don't know. Uh, now, let me show you what cloud tops look like. Here's the problem. Here's what I'm worried about. I'm going to go to cloud tops right here. All right. Doesn't look too bad right now. Here's the U.S. Now, we're going this way. I'm going to click on this little red spot. Cloud tops right now are 38,500 right there. And we're only flying at 31,000. Uh, let's see what we got here. There's 30. See, even that one, that one, that's 32,000 clouds right there. So we're still down in this area. I'm thinking we're right along in here right now. We're right along here. The clouds so, are seven. So it seems that that's the problem, right, Tom? I, I, I don't think that the wind speed is the problem because no. I, I know nothing about balloons, but the balloon would go like inside, you know. Yeah. Like in the whole mass of air, the balloon. So, so I don't. It's not like your. Uh, no, it's it's winds. not it's not uh, turbulence or anything. Exactly, it's, it's all moving. Word. It's all moving very smoothly together. Yeah. Uh, so, so I don't think the the wind speed is a problem, but but the wind the the cloud ha having uh, clouds the storm over over the balloon. It's a problem. Yeah. See if, if it gets any moisture, if it gets any moisture at all on it, it will come down. Kaput. It can't. It can't stay up. Uh, if the if if you're in the if you're in storm clouds, it's there is turbulence in storm clouds, and it will come down. You know, so we don't know. Uh, I don't know if the, if the ants can steer around those storms. We might make it. <laughs> we might make. So it. how long can they tread water? Well, they they got a life raft with them, so you okay. know we they've had to use that a few times. <laughs> uh, so I I don't know. We, we'll oh let's see. in the morning we'll just see. Uh, you know, used to when we first started launching these, uh, every morning I'd get up, I'd run to check, or I'd get up in the middle of the night to check and see where it was. But uh, it's getting so routine now that. I don't even worry about it. I'll go have breakfast first, and then maybe then I'll check and see if they're still flying. You know, I mean. So yeah. this morning I forgot that I turned my radio off last night because 
20 meters is dead uh, at night. And But I, I got up and I was like, oh, I, I probably missed a couple hours this morning. I ran out there, turned it back on, and uh, was hoping I would see something. So Yeah. Well, right there, Chris is telling me massive winter storm in England and Scotland right now, and that's kind of where we're heading. Let me see. Of course, it doesn't look too bad on this map here, uh, this this deal here, but uh, we'll see. Let's see. What would happen if it had a third balloon? Well, if it had a third balloon, it would be three times likely to come down instead of two times likely. Every time we um, add another balloon, uh, the risk doubles. Uh, if if again, if any single balloon deflates or has a problem, the other balloons cannot hold it up. It will bring all of them down. So, again, the reason we went two balloons this time was to gain an extra three thousand. If we if we ran a third balloon, we might gain a thousand more feet. Um, uh, by adding a second balloon, we were, we were able to gain about three thousand feet. So, uh, one balloon would have been about twenty-eight thousand. With three, with two balloons, we're about thirty-one thousand right now. You just it, you don't gain anything by by uh, 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 keep adding balloons. Just you just don't keep adding it. So, three thousand feet. It's a nice extra. You you will be getting better chances, but uh, uh, no adding another balloon won't won't help too much, right? Well, it 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 uh, increases the risk of it coming down, and it won't yeah. help. It won't help much. It won't help much. And uh, hey, even though we're flying at thirty one thousand feet, if there's a storm at twenty five, let me tell you, it it can still pull it down. It can still yes. it can still suck that balloon down in there, you know. So. I don't know. We'll uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, what happens. It's going to be fun. You know, one of the one of the problems in going up really uh, north like this. Uh, let me put it back on. Uh, I'll show you. Let me go back to the jet stream. Um, yeah. So again, here's the United States here where my mouse is, and we go up. There we are going over uh, Greenland. As we go north up there, we're very much further north in uh, latitude, and the sun angle is going to be very much, much lower. Uh, the sun may not get higher than 12 degrees there, even at the uh, peak of the day. It, the sun is always going to be low up there, so we'll probably lose uh, a few hours of tracking as we go north. We may only get two hours of tracking uh, a day up there. Um, but uh, as we come back down, we'll get longer tracking days. Does the colder weather affect the lift? Uh, I don't know that it affects the lift too much. Of course, the, 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 the cold can affect uh, the expansion of the hydrogen gas that's in the balloon. Um, we, uh, we we always use hydrogen gas. Hydrogen gas will take us about 10% higher than helium will. So, again, hydrogen gas gives us about 3,000 more feet. Uh, if we use party gas, party gas is, a, is really a poor quality gas. 
mixture of air and helium, and uh, uh, it doesn't do well. If you get pure helium, pure helium will probably do a couple thousand feet more than party helium will do. But uh, hydrogen will always take us about two or three thousand feet higher than the helium uh, will. But the coal and it's uh, yeah. less less expensive, right? Uh, uh, helium costs more. Oh, exactly. Yeah, helium is a uh, helium is a rare element, or yeah, a rare element on Earth. You know. Uh, uh it's um it's scarce you know it's made by uh gases going through uh, radioactive decay and um that's how they get it and uh, uh once you get that gas and you put it in a balloon or you let it go it it, it actually leaves it leaves the uh it leaves the earth it goes into the space it'll actually go through the you know the atmosphere oh, I, and it'll, I, it'll, I leave, it'll, leave, it'll actually leave the earth. You know, it can't be recovered. The thing about hydrogen is we have an, a real big abundance of hydrogen. You know, you can make hydrogen, and everything has hydrogen in it. You know that that uh, so. But hydrogen, hydrogen uh, is running us uh, quite a bit cheaper, cheaper than uh, the helium is. So it's a bit more dangerous right to have well, a little bit now we still have all of our fingers well let's see yeah we still we still have all of our fingers one yeah. two yeah we still have all of well, them I, 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 I saw some videos you know these uh, failed video compilations you have in YouTube that the, the, there's some people that use hydrogen in, in, in birthday party balloons and, yeah. and when well, they lit, light the candles on the on the cake, the balloons all go. <laughs> well, I saw a guy test one the other day. He had a big balloon filled with hydrogen, and he lit it. He took a, a, a torch, and he, he lit it. And it, it basically just burned. It didn't explode. It just burned. No, of course. Of yeah. course. It doesn't explode. Yeah. It burns. Yeah. But it's dangerous, right? Yeah, it is. And I always wonder about that, uh, like at parties, you know. That would, I mean, I, I'm very conscious that it is it is a somewhat dangerous gas to play with. Uh, <laughs> and I know when I'm filling the balloon up, I've got this little uh, uh, Harbor Freight uh, uh, air blower thing, you know, I go through the little valve. And when I'm filling the balloon up, the valve right here is leaking. I can feel the hydrogen coming out around my hand, you know. So... Uh, I'm, I'm putting hydrogen also into my shop when I'm uh, filling the balloon. So the the Hindenburg that that just burned. I guess it didn't really explode, did it? Yeah, yeah, it burned. Yeah. Yeah, they determined that the doping that they used on the cloth was highly volatile. Yeah, it yeah, it's a, it's a mixture of things, right? It, it's not only because of the hydrogen that that I, I think what what they found is that the fire didn't even start in the in the hydrogen that, like the paint was really flammable yeah, too yeah. yeah it was an aluminum oxide type paint yeah well if you if you mix if there's a mixture of air and hydrogen it will explode but uh pure hydrogen won't explode it basically just burns so 
Now, if you know if a if a balloon burst or something, I mean, sure, you're going to get a little bit of oxygen around it, but it's going to be probably burned up before the oxygen mixes with it. You know. Yeah. Well, they said static electricity just set it off. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's funny you talk about static electricity. I remember we were filling one of the balloons up last winter there in the shop, and uh, the hair on our arms were standing straight up, and our hair was standing straight up as we were filling the balloon up. And uh, we thought, you know, that's probably static electricity there. So, uh, but we're we were okay. All right. Well, talking about uh, digital modes earlier, <laughs> yeah, I not remember. I remember I assembled the Geiger counter, and to yeah. my, I have it here. Uh, to my, uh, yeah, uh, nothing is radioactive here. Uh, nothing. Yeah. I went everywhere with my counter and. Nothing is really well, that's terrible. Yeah. That's terrible to buy a Geiger counter and you can't find anything to test it with. Well, no, wait a minute. Yeah, I, I know that in Amazon there are some cards that you can buy for calibration. Yeah. But I think I cannot import that directly via mail. <laughs> can you buy a radioactive watch? Can, symbol can, like that? Can, can you buy a watch that has the glowing hands? Well, I've, I've, everything I tested yeah. didn't didn't show much activity so but remember that together with this uh, i i also brought the qdx kit from yeah. from uh, qrc uh, Q, Q, qrp labs and so yesterday yesterday before yesterday i it was late at night and I, you you know you have to have this to start building a kit but after you start it's okay but to start building you have to have like this peace of mind and say, okay, I'll start. And I laid out, out everything. Uh, this guy, Hans Summers from QRP Labs, makes yeah. great uh, instruction uh, PDFs for building the kit. So he has a picture of all the parts and everything that you print out and lay down and everything. Yeah. And everything went exactly in place, except the four output transistors that didn't came in the kit. Oh, no. Yeah. So I said, well, I hear, I haven't built it, but I hear the, 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 the most difficult piece of that is wiring the toroid. You have to, you yeah, have to wire but for that, I use a video that uh, Alan made a yeah. long time ago that he teaches how to count the, uh, yeah. the turns. It's a multi, uh, multi-filler one that yeah, you have multi-filler, to. Yeah, multi-filler, yeah, yeah. And you got to make sure you get them all hooked to the right place, so... Yes. Yeah. So, but but then I saw that I had the transistors missing, and there are these MOSFETs. That it's a oh, MOSFET common MOSFET? one. What, what? Sorry. Which ones are they? MOSFET. Uh, um, BS like Bravo Sierra 170. Oh, I got a whole package yeah. of those right here. Yeah. So send me some because yeah. here in Uruguay they don't exist. And then I went to Digiki and they don't have it. It's Is like, that right? You, yeah, they're very common, you know. Oh, man. No I, 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 uh, uh, when I was building the little amplifier for the for the balloon, you know, the, the little uh, 100 milliwatt, uh, that's what I was using, the BS-170s. Uh, so I, I bought, like, 25 of them or something. Now, these are so the, I, these are the I, small. I mailed, 
Uh, are the one are the ones you needing are the just little small plastic ones with the three leads? Uh, the the TO ninety two. Yes. What's the, the, what's the, the TO? Is that the big one with the hole through it? No, that's no, no. That's TO two twenty. TO two twenty. It's like the seventy seventy five. Okay. Seventy eight oh five on those transistors, you know. But, yeah. But the TO ninety two. It's like this one. Yeah. It's like. The little two in twenty two. Yeah. Like, okay. Size. Yeah. That's what I've got. I guess they're ninety twos. The TO ninety twos. I got. What do you need? The ninety yes. twos. I mean the through hole. The through hole one. What do you it's need? It's not surface mount. You need the TO ninety twos. Yeah. No. What do you need, Charlie? No, it's uh, BS one seventy. Okay. I think I've got some of those too. Yeah. So yeah, but you know the problem here is getting it into the country. <laughs> what can I what can I get into your country? Can I send you an apple or, or a banana or I mean what can well, I Well, once I made an experiment and what I can, I, what can I send you? What, what what goes through easily, huh? <laughs> send a balloon. No. <laughs> how about shipping. how about a jar? Do, do you have what about peanut butter? You, you, can you can you receive there a jar? There are some restrictions, believe it or not. Like for example, well, uh, medicine you cannot import. Oh, There's man. some things like uh, some chemicals. I once wanted to to bring uh, how it's called uh, dioxid, right? Yeah. Dioxid, yeah. and uh, I bought it and everything. And it was uh, in the customs they stopped it. You cannot get some chemicals. You cannot bring. Uh, for example, you know this uh, this uh, like if you want to buy uh, glasses with um, which are uh, sunglasses, you can buy, oh. but which are uh, for reading or graded. Yes, yeah. you cannot bring them. Is that right? Wow. Yeah, because they, they there's something that protects you know local manufacturers. Yeah, or what, I yeah. don't know. And if you bring uh, things with uh, that are transmitters and GPS receivers that nobody understands why you have to have a a homologation certificate from the local FCC, which is called URSEC. Mm, but okay. it's a it's a it's a quite easy to do. You have it's you do it online and and they give you the certificate. So you have to, it's hey, you know you, you know uh, you know the game you know the game Monopoly you know that game yeah Monopoly? of course well during uh, World War Two uh, the prisoners in these prison camps the Red Cross would give them these Monopoly games but inside the Monopoly games they had maps and other things hidden inside there so if you could take a Monopoly game. I might be able to get you some transistors. Yeah, instead of the houses and all those, it's a monopoly game made of transistors. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe the little, the little things you move around, the little men you move around, you, just, you put some transistors in there. Yeah, you know, put some RTV inside the bottom of the the hotels and stick the transistor inside the RTV. Let it yeah. seal all up and ship it. I mean, it, we we. I, to to be to to tell you the truth, it's not that we have a difficulty to to import anything. It's not that we have uh, closed uh, uh, customs. You know that the thing is that we have like if you are uh, for for each person, 
if if you're a, a business, that's another issue. But a normal person can bring uh, three. It was a three. Yes, three times a year. You can bring up to two hundred dollars. So that's the problem. You want to buy something that costs three hundred dollars, like a low-end oscilloscope, and you cannot bring it because yeah, you, yeah, you exceed yeah. the three hundred dollar well, mark. I the think, $200 I, so, think, I think the time limit has expired, so I will tell you a quick story. I used to travel a lot, and uh, I, 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 every few months I'd go, some, I'd go like to Hong Kong, okay? And let me tell you, you can walk down the streets in Hong Kong, and like every glass store, it's got radios and ham radios and just radios and everything. You can get anything. Anyway... I bought this uh, knockoff Rolex watch. You, you know what a knockoff means? Knockoff yes, Rolex yes. watch? Yes. I, I bought one. And I had it on. So I get back to the States, and uh, I'm standing there at, at uh, Customs and Immigration, and he asked me, he says, have you had that watch very long? And I said, have you had that watch for a while? And I said, yes, sir, I've had it for a while. And then I get to walk on through. But uh, he questioned my watch, man. I don't yeah. think they. I don't think they can get me now. But uh, hey, you know, <laughs> maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. Well, guys, it's uh, after ten o'clock. Uh, we've already signed off on shortwave. Uh, I'm getting hungry. I, I hadn't ate much today. I'm thinking about some popcorn or something, man. Oh. And then tomorrow, I got to get up and get some leaves up. I got eighty thousand tons of leaves around this place, man. Uh, that are coming off the trees, but um, I've got uh, I've got this big thing called a cyclone rake. It goes behind my lawn tractor. It's a great big vacuum cleaner, and I can drive that thing around in the yard, and man. It'll suck those suckers up, man. It's just like, yeah, it'll just it takes. And what do you do with the leaves? Leaves. Well, um, believe it or not, our city, our city here has uh, leaf pickup. I can take them out to the street. And people here in my neighborhood are, are are pouring them out on the street, edge of the street. And they have a big truck that comes by uh, every day or two with the big vacuum on it. And they suck <laughs> all those up. But uh, mine mine are, are mulched up and ground up with my machine. And I just take it out back and I just dump it out kind of in the... the the forest, you know, back behind my my house here. Oh, I see. And it makes uh, I don't it have makes, a tree yeah. in my yard, and I get eighteen bags of pine needles every year. Oh man, I hated the pine needles, man. Here, that's, that's bad, man. Pine needles, my life, bad. My wife would love that mulch for her garden. Man, I mean, I've got tons of it back here, tons of it. Um. All right, well, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna get off here and go and uh, uh, enjoy talking to you tonight. We'll see you next week. Okay, great. If you guys want to stay on talk, I'll leave. Uh, I'll leave Zoom on. Yep, I'm leaving. Right. One a.m. and I have to go to bed. All right, <laughs> so I'm gonna go get great. some chocolate. All right, good yeah, night, cheers. everybody. Get up tomorrow and look for uh, W5KB104. See if it's still flying. All right. Okay. I hope it is. I'll see you. All right. Okay. We'll see you. Take care. Bye bye. All right. Ciao.